audio guide to everything you need to know about compelling and complex topics. I'm Jessie Wright Mendoza, and today we're going to delve into America's secret and forgotten wars. Soon after taking office, President Trump promised a historic increase in defense spending to rebuild the depleted military of the United States of America at a time we most need it. suspected ISIS camps just a day before Trump's inauguration. And if that weren't enough, the U.S. also has bases scattered around the globe in South Korea, Turkey, Japan, Germany, and Spain, to name a few. It's still unclear what the Trump administration plans to do with these existing conflicts. But if you're wondering what these conflicts are and why the U.S. is involved, let's dive into a few. In the early morning hours on Sunday, members of the elite SEAL Team 6 approached a village in the Yakla region of Yemen's Baida province. Their target, an al-Qaeda stronghold known to U.S. intelligence since the Obama administration. A firefight ensued and the commandos had to call in air support from fighter aircraft and helicopter gunships. A Navy SEAL, Chief Petty Officer Ryan Ovens, was killed in the battle and a transport aircraft suffered a hard landing and had to be destroyed. Yemen has since asked for a reassessment of U.S. ground raids. The Trump administration insists that the operation was a success and has continued to conduct airstrikes over the country. Meanwhile, the U.S. is also taking a leading role in the fight against what's left of the Islamic State in Syria, Iraq, and parts of Libya. In 2016, the U.S. bombed ISIS strongholds in Libya, including the key port of Sirte, for weeks. In Iraq, U.S. troops have been embedded with the Iraqi army as it tries to retake Mosul from ISIS. Russia isn't fighting ISIS in Syria. Instead, Russia is voting with military power to support President Biden. 
Bashar al-Assad in the civil war with various militias, including Kurdish militias allied with the U.S. And what about Afghanistan? In 2015, it appeared the U.S. was only This is how it ends here. No helicopter evacuation from an embassy roof. Instead, Blackhawks bouncing officers around a handful of multi-million dollar bases far from the front lines. But it wasn't to be. After several aborted attempts to exit, President Obama announced at the end of his presidency a halt to the withdrawal of U.S. forces. The security situation in Afghanistan remains precarious. Even as they improve, Afghan security forces are still not as strong as they need to be. They maintain bases to support the Afghan government and assist the Afghans in fighting a continuing Taliban insurgency. According to one top U.S. commander there, the Taliban controls more Afghan territory now than it did in 2001. And the Pentagon has asked for more troops, something President Trump is reportedly considering. And finally, there's North Korea. The Stalinist dictatorship has been building an arsenal of nuclear bombs. And in February, it tested a new intermediate-range missile. The missile shows technical elements that indicate North Korea is closer to creating an intercontinental ballistic missile that could reach the U.S. mainland with a nuclear warhead. In January, Trump tweeted that such an event won't happen. But he made no direct statement about the February missile test. Trump has said in the past that he would pressure China to rein in its rogue client state. And China, you know, they say they don't have that much control over North Korea. They have total control because without China, they wouldn't be able to eat. So China has to get involved and China should solve that problem and we should put pressure on China to solve the problem. China has long been reluctant to intervene in North Korea and its relationship with the Trump administration is tense at best, with friction over trade, Taiwan, and Beijing's territorial claim over the South China Sea. China, for its part, says Trump could deal directly with Pyongyang. I'm Jesse Wright Mendoza, and thanks so much for listening.